1989, the Exxon Valdez, an oil tanker, ran aground in Prince William Sound, Alaska, spilling 11 million gallons of oil into the water. That's about 16 Olympic swimming pools full for anyone keeping track at home. It was the biggest environmental disaster in history, at least until BP's Deepwater Horizon drilling rig exploded in 2010, spilling over 10 times that much into the Gulf of Mexico. Oil companies, to say the least, have not generally been on the side of environmentalism, especially ExxonMobil, a name which is now nearly synonymous with the infamous Exxon Valdez spill. There might be a variety of reactions then, from surprise to joy to anger or even skepticism, about ExxonMobil's announcement of several hard emissions reductions targets in their industry. I'm Sam Marchetti, and welcome back to another discussion on the sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about Exxon's climate pledges is Sam Reynolds, a University of Guelph graduate student, a passionate environmentalist, and a science for everyone researcher. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Thank you for having me. So to start off, uh, like we kind of know ExxonMobil is an oil company, like they're big oil. Like, mm -hmm. do they do anything else, though? Because they sound like, you know, just a big corporation, like, you know, they have mobile in their name. Do they make cell phones or something? Um, yes, they don't make cell phones, um, but they are one of the biggest energy companies in the world. I think the biggest in the U.S., um, especially by revenue, and they do specialize in oil and gas. Um, they market themselves under like four main brands that I'm sure most people have heard of, like Exxon, Mobil, Esso, and ExxonMobil. <laughs> um, and they also manufacture chemicals that they use to make rubbers and solvents for like tires, electronics, medical equipment, stuff like that. So they've got their their hands in a couple different pots, but it's primarily energy and chemical manufacturing. Interesting. So they're the people responsible for the Exxon Valdez spill. I, I buy my gas from them every day. Well, not every day, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yes. Yes. If you Interesting. Go so are they Canadian? <laughs> no, they're, they're a U.S. company. They're an American company. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's their like, what's their missions impact like? It is a doozy. Um, they account for about 2% of global emissions, um, which coming from one company, that's a lot. In 2020, they released around 762 tons, million tons of greenhouse gas emissions. So um, it's really hard to conceptualize that, but they are very big, a <laughs> uh, very big emitter. Okay, wait, let's conceptualize it a little bit. 2% of global emissions. What's my percent of global emissions? That's just like one dude. Oh my gosh. Like none. <laughs> like, like no, like no percent. Uh, or you can't even be measured. <laughs> I don't think. No. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so they're 2%. Yeah. That's like so that's one in every 50. Wow. One fiftieth of everything that goes up there is ExxonMobil. Yeah. That's insane. Okay. So they're making emissions reduction targets. That's good right but have they made promises like this before they've had a rough history <laughs> um they haven't really made a ton of promises before it's a bit of a change of tune for them um i think in part because of like some activists putting a lot of uh pressure on them and especially like uh in the summer of 2021 there was investors from a small hedge fund which forced like a change of the ExxonMobil board members so two new board members were elected who were focused uh, more on climate change and then their green plans have like increased dramatically since then. Um, but they have been sort of criticized and um, 
accused of like being a part of um, like dumping time, energy and money into spreading misinformation, saying that climate change is an uncertainty and that, you know, we don't really know if it was caused by humans um, or like if it was caused by something else, um, which is odd. So so that kind of started in like the late 1970s to late 1980s. Um, and their climate scientists on their teams were actually like 100% in agreement that humans were the cause of climate change. So the researchers um, at ExxonMobil were very aware of climate change, um, and they've actually published over like 53 peer-reviewed papers about climate change and have contributed significantly to climate change research. So while this was going on, they were at the same time like paying, I think, like over three, $31 million to organizations that were spreading misinformation to the public. So it was like, on one hand, they were contributing to the scientific research, but then on the other hand, they were trying to not get that information into the hands of the public. Um, so super interesting. Um, I think since 19, I think it's since 1998, they've given over three, 31 million um, to organizations that blocks solutions to climate change. And Despite also funding research into climate change. Yes. <laughs> what in the world why would uh, i mean if you're the evil villain in this situation like why wouldn't you just not fund the research into climate change i know I, I wonder if it gives like plausible deniability a bit like because they did get um into like a heated hearing where they basically had to speak to climate change um and the execs of all four major major oil companies so ExxonMobil included was there and they were asked questions about like their role in climate change um and they basically all said that they really support transition clean energy. And they were like, look at all the research that we've done. Um, so I think in part, it was a way to avoid what happened with the tobacco industry <laughs> um, because it gives them a lot to fall back on. So that that sort of happened at that hearing where they were like, we um, we care about the environment and uh, and we've been a part of this research. So who was trying them? What what government was uh, what government was trying them? So this was um, back in October 2021, um, and it was a hearing with um, basically a bunch of the Democrats were there, and um, they all were able to ask them a lot of questions um, similar to like how the t a tobacco trial would have gone. So this was super recent. Yes, very recent. Wow. Okay, and so it was, and it was in the states. Yes, in the states. What were their promises like then? They made the they made new pledges last week. What did the what did the pledges kind of look like? They did. So um, a big part of their plan included spending around 15 billion by 2027 to lower emissions um, for like different business initiatives that would help them lower emissions, which was kind of vague. Um, and they also want to invest in better processes for detecting methane leaks across their infrastructure. Um, but I think the biggest one, like the overarching goal was to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Um, and the catch of that is that that would be for their operational emissions. Their operational emissions. So would, I mean, will the promises actually accomplish much at all then of that like 2% that they put out? I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but like, no, not really. Um, and why not? So there are different levels that different energy companies have named that basically, basically captures the scope of their emissions. So um, there's like scope one and two, which is the operational cost that I was talking about, your operational emissions, and then scope three, which includes emissions released by their product. Um, and so ExxonMobil has pledged net zero emissions for scope one and two, um, which includes like gases given off directly by the company's business operations, like burning excess fuel. Um, but it doesn't account for the emissions from those of us that are driving with gas powered cars um, or any of the emissions that result from their products. 
um, which is about 90% of the emissions usually, like it's a big chunk. Um, so I had mentioned um, there was about 762 million tons of greenhouse gas emissions that were released in 2020. Um, about 650 million tons of those emissions were from petroleum sales um, and only 112 million tons were from operational emissions. So um, it's a big chunk. Did they say anything about that, that you, those scope three emissions that, you know, what happens once the, the product actually gets burned? Are they making any commitment to try to deal with that? Not really. I, I think that they're a bit behind, to be honest, because there are like several of Exxon Mobil's peers like BP and Shell have released net zero carbon dioxide targets that did include scope three emissions. Um, and and Exxon Mobil has uh, emitted those. So. So other corporations in their industry, they're kind of, you know, taking some responsibility and saying we're going to do something about this. But ExxonMobil themselves are still kind of leaving the blame to the consumer is what it sounds like. Yeah, it still pushes the burden once again onto the consumers. And it also it's hard because they've announced these as like targets, which don't really mean anything and don't really have a lot of accountability. Like to say, yeah, we're going to hope to get our emissions to like net zero by 2050. That's just like something that people say a lot of times. And so um, I'm like even reluctant to say that they'll do that um, even just for scope one and two. But we'll see. So even if they don't do it, even if it's just a statement, is this because ExxonMobil is one of the the biggest uh, companies in the industry, right? So it is even just the statement being made. Is that going to cause a chain reaction, do you think? Are other uh, companies within the oil and you know energy industry are they now going to step up and make more serious, uh, you know, emissions reductions targets? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about that because I know that. So there was a video that was leaked of an ExxonMobil lobbyist stating that their support for carbon tax is just a PR stunt. Um, and so there's been like lots of um, lots of things coming to light about whether this is just like all for publicity or all just to like satiate um, the consumers who are or the people who are putting pressure on them. Because um, like if you go to their main page right now of ExxonMobil, it's like plastered with climate solutions and sustainability, <laughs> um, even though the CEO stated that like oil and gas will continue to be necessary for the foreseeable future and that we don't have adequate alternative energy sources. So it doesn't sound like they're moving towards a future without fossil fuels or that that's the goal. Um, and I don't really think that they're paving the way. I think that they're behind um, on this. Um, Many oil companies have had a long or a goal of to be net zero by 2050 for their operations and some having set the target even to 2030. Um, I think that ne what needs to come next is a shift away from fossil fuels. Um, and this current plan that ExxonMobil put out doesn't do that. It still continues to prioritize an energy source that is honestly leading us into climate catastrophe. So um, I don't think that uh, that the um, these claims are going to do a ton for the industry. So it is it's not enough. But, you know, the way that we got towards taking this step is uh, activism, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, is that the, the continued, you know, next steps to try to make them make, you know, meaningful pledges and meaningful change? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, any change is good change. So, like, I don't want to be too pessimistic with this, which I feel like I have been. But um, it's still great that they have um, made a pledge and that they're actually not actively denying climate change anymore. That is a step in the right direction. Um, but uh, yeah, I think continued pressure is huge, like especially even just having that like small hedge fund, which forced the change of the like ExxonMobil board. That's stuff like that is incredible to see. 
Thanks, Sam. And thank you again for tuning in. And remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. If you want to learn more about climate change, sustainability, or any of the other topics we've talked about on this show, visit us on Instagram or TikTok at SciForEveryone and on our website at scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, June Kim, and Taneshwari Rajendran. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto's Student Engagement Grant.